Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. first reading this morning is from 1 John chapter 2 verses 3 to 14 God's new commandment we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person but if anyone obeys his word love for God is truly made complete in them This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, friends... Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for children. Thank you for everything you give us. Thank you for the privilege of being here in your presence where we get to hear you speak to us about life now, really. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you do indeed do that for every person here. You speak in a way that everybody can grab hold of what needs to be gotten hold of this particular Sunday. So bless us in this word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, uh, if you're new or you haven't been around for a while, we've been just beginning a long journey in one little tiny letter of the Bible, the letter written by the Apostle John. First John, take you about 12 minutes to read it. It's such a short little thing, but it's compact, it's compact, it's packed with uh, many, many things. So I'm enjoying having the time to dig down a bit and not have to rush off onto some other Bible text. 
uh, will be in this text for the foreseeable future. <clears throat> so we're just working our way through it. Week three. So um, this particular little section, um, there's a big difference between knowing what's best to do and uh, doing what's best to do. I think John is wanting to get into that, this kind of disconnect between knowing and doing, between being forgiven and forgiving, between believing and loving. And he uses all those words. I'll get into that soon. It's very important to uh, figure out this disconnect. Um, I know, for example, that it's very important to remember my life partner's birthday and to fill that day with the uh, suitable gifts and time. But of course, knowing that and doing that to the required level are two different things, as you know. Or I know that riding my motorbike at the correct speed is better for everybody. But of course, keeping to the speed limit all the time is that's, a, that's another thing. That's a whole other thing. And the thing is that I can trick myself into not keeping these expectations or commands. How do you do that? Well, that's pretty easy. Uh, believe that these expectations are, are totally unreasonable and far too difficult for me, and so I let myself off the hook, no matter the frosty response from my partner in life or the sublime writing skills of the police officer as he fills out the ticket and I pay in the mail. Uh, I can make excuses and try to blame something, the weather, demands of work, a uh, person who made my day particularly difficult, and anything else that I think might work to avoid the truth that I simply didn't do what I knew I should. Or I can just ignore any attachment to these infantile expectations, believe that I am on another plane and that I'm above all of this petty business and just keep on doing my own thing the way I like to do things, the way I think is best, no matter what it costs other people. This, I think, is what John gets into now, this ability to deceive ourselves, to know but not do, to believe but not love, to be forgiven but not forgive, to say we have faith but not to attend to the things of faith, highest of which is love. So John, it's a bit tricky though, I have to say, when you read those texts. John uses this particular word that doesn't really help us, I don't think, when he's trying to describe doing the life of faith, doing the things of faith. He uses that word, command. Now, when you hear that word, I'm thinking police officer. I'm thinking magistrate. I'm thinking, you know, command, command, pointing finger. Anyway, he, he doesn't mean that, but it sounds like that. So on the one hand, he's saying we're loved and it's all good and, you know, good on your mate and well done, God, and it's all good. On the other hand, he's saying we've got to keep these commands. So it, it feels like we're back in the Old Testament with Moses and the people of Israel having to 
keep all the rules to keep God happy. Uh, that's what it sounds like. But it's not that. It's not that. When he says commands, he's not referring to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are really a long-range signpost to what life is going to be in the new era, in the new kingdom, when the Messiah comes. And as we've heard the last couple of weeks, John is absolutely clear. We saw him. We heard him. We touched him. The kingdom is here. The new kingdom is here. Remember when they asked Jesus this question about all the commands? I don't know whether you know or not, but a Jewish person lives under 613 commands every day. A lot of commands. Uh, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Yep. Second, golden rule. Love your neighbour as yourself. There are no greater commandments than these two. That's what John means by the word command. Living love with God and with people from the love we have already received from the Messiah who has already begun his new creation community. Luther is helpful here. He says that the word command John uses does not refer to the Ten Commandments but to what actually happens to a person when they meet Jesus, when they enter the kingdom, when they're baptised into the kingdom, where Christ dwells through faith, there he makes that person conform to him. Kind of got the image of a magnet, sort of drawing everything into the... Anyway, something like that. So, we let love live because love is where we live. Got it? We let love live because love is where we already live. Okay, but what's going to help us with this natural ability we have, unfortunately, to deceive ourselves? Self-deception, can't see ourselves properly. Lack of love that it causes. Well, for John, particularly here, love comes from truth. Love truth. Good loving comes from right believing. You got it? Good loving comes from right believing. Faith and love come from the coin of truth. They're two sides of the truth coin. So the way we let love live more is to stick to the truth of Jesus as the apostles received him, touched him, heard him, you know, saw him, stick to the truth. What do we say in the creed? The apostolic church. We trust the apostles' word. That's the truth as far as I think John means. So what you believe is really important because what you believe will show and shape what you love. And what you love comes directly from what you believe. So if you want to know what a person believes, then see what they love. If you want to know why a person loves a thing, then ask them what they believe. 
Belief, love. Truth, love. So, for example, I believe that Turkish delight chocolates are the best chocolates in the box of favourites. I've had a lot of comments this morning on Turkish delight. And it's very, uh, what do you call it, dividing. It's a very divisive chocolate. Some people can't stand it. It's weird. I love it. Now, the problem is in our family that everybody loves it. Well, most anyway. So when that box of favourites is open, baby, I'm going in. And I'm digging in and I'm getting all the... Not all. Uh, well, occasionally, all. So that Leanne and the other kids don't get any. Don't get them all. Don't get them all. So this is it. I, I believe Turkish delights are really good, so I love Turkish delights. Now, on a more serious note, I believe that the truth of God's word is what enlarges my capacity to love. I do believe that. So I try and immerse myself in his word in various ways, you know, with lots of failures most days of the week, or at least try to. So I believe in the truth of the word, helping me love, so I love the truth of the word. And not just in theory, but by actually doing it. You get what John's saying? You get it? Truth and love, knowing and doing, believing and loving, they all go together. They're all connected at the hip. So like the lucky prize winner who gets to flip the coin at the start of the game, John is showing both sides of the truth coin, faith and love, as he writes this, this letter. And he, and he is flipping it. It's going around and around and around. Heads, tails, heads, tails, heads, tails. You know, faith, love, faith, love, faith, love. And he, so he does that. And this is what it sounds like this. Oh, and what he does at the same time, which is quite genius, he, uh, hi- he highlights what the opposite of each side is so you really see the coin. So what's the opposite of faith? He'll tell you. What's the opposite of love? He'll tell you. So faith and love are magnified as the coin flips around and you catch a glimpse. So things like this. It goes back and forward, back and forward, up and down. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not live in the truth. Back and forward like that. If we claim we have sinned, we make him out to be a liar and the word is not in us. Like that. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with each other. If we confess our sins, as we did, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us. You get it? He goes back and forward to highlight faith and love. So he flips the coin to call us to live what we know, to do the truth, to be the truth in action, in real life, to do what we believe, to live and share this magnificent gift that he's talked about of close fellowship with each other and the apostles. And can you believe it? God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Marvellous community. So, John is clear. Jesus is the truth and the source of love. The Jesus we hear and see and touch and taste and smell, he is the truth and he's the only way to stay in the faith, to live it. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins when we totally mess it up. 
and his blood purifies us, cleanses us, all those beautiful words. And when we get it very wrong and we break fellowship with each other or with God, the same time you do both, when we forget or we just reject his truth or we make up the truth as we see it, when we head back into dark desires and loveless words, beautiful words, Jesus remains our advocate. He stands with us. And as we trust him, he is faithful and just and will forgive. He will forgive and he will clean us again. And why is that the case? Because as John said a while ago, God is light and in him there is no darkness. Now, I don't know what's stopping the light from shining for you at the moment. And I don't know what's limiting forgiveness to be received by you at the moment. And I don't know what's driving you to keep that grudge rather than pushing for reconciliation. And I don't know what allows darkness to creep back into your day or what mountains of guilt are weighing you down and bringing you to a halt in this calling to let love live with freedom and joy. I guess on any given day, many things could cause these things. But John would say, I think, generally speaking, the root cause of all of that is misplaced faith, misplaced belief, misplaced truth, a departure from the truth that he has seen and heard and touched. That's generally speaking what's at the core of our self-deception and our worry and our wrong. You're probably and me, we're probably losing Jesus to try and find something else that we think's better than his truth and his promises and his presence. That, my friends, is called idolatry in the Bible. It's not trusting the love and the promises and the presence of God as much as you trust promises and love of all the other stuff around you. That's essentially what the first commandment is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength and the rest are how you break it. So you always break two commandments when you break a commandment because you always break the first one. I've said that before. So for John, getting the faith right gets the love done. We need to get the faith right to love right. Getting the faith clear shows that God's love is very near. Or as Luther puts it, do not declare that anyone is a Christian unless you see that his or her works declare that he or she is a person like that. In other words, you've got to see it, baby. You've got to see it. Friends, it's crucial that we Christians do what we know and love as our faith points us to do, to forgive as we are forgiven. Why so? In the current climate of endless division, self-expression at any cost cut loose from any anchor point anymore, where the triumphant self 
is the ultimate authority on everything, Philip Yancey calls this era the era of vanishing grace. Self-giving love by people who are loved is the one remaining contribution that the church needs to make that may be received. Not always, but maybe. Self-giving, generous, unwavering love that comes from the truth of the grace of God given to us in this Jesus. John says that's our best game. That's our best choice. That's our best offering, our best contribution, however that happens. And friends, if love is the go, then criticism and judgment and condemnation need to go. Carl Truman, great American theologian and writer, says, every age has had its darkness and dangers. Every age. Nothing new here. The task of the Christian is not to be a grumpy old bum, to whine about the moment in which he or she lives. If only I could have been born at another time. You know, all that stuff. No, to understand its problems and respond appropriately to them. That is our task, I believe. Well, the finish off, John doesn't whinge or whine. He actually breaks into a song. You can't see it on the screen because it's not written like a song, but some translations, it's like a psalm, like it's written like a song, because it's a song. It's repetitive like a song. And this is John all over. He's not a linear man trying to get to the destination. He's a rolling stone, taking his time, picking up one little bit at a time, and then he just stops to marvel at where he is. He breaks into song, just like we're going to break into art. There's nothing like art and song to capture what's going on. So I don't really get the song much. It's a bit weird to me. But, you know, it's a song. Children, you are forgiven. Father, mothers, you know the one who is from the very beginning. Young people, in the upheaval of young years, in Jesus you conquer the evil one, trying to sidetrack you. Now let's sing it again, he says, and he does exactly the same thing with a couple of added words. So two verses of a song. Well, I think it's good to sing. Hear the Holy Spirit for you, friend. I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is shining. So go ahead, friend, and let love live as Jesus lives in you. And do what you know and love who you trust and forgive as you've been forgiven. Let love live because love is where you live. You get it? You can let love live because love is where you live. Because he's loved you with a love beyond all loves. Your darkness is dying and he is still shining. In the name of Christ, amen. And the love and the peace of the risen Lord Jesus Christ be with you on the journey with him. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. stpetri.org.au